Welcome to Kawabichi Fashion Cast, your place for all things fashion related to Quantum Leap, old and new series. I'm Tammy. Brad is joining me. Hello, Brad. Hey. <laughs> uh, no Claire this week, though she did send kind regards and feedback, more importantly. <laughs> I'm adding that she sent kind regards. She actually didn't, but no, I felt like it not. would be rude if uh, I... I'm trying to be nice on her behalf. Uh, she so- was honestly very rude to all of you. I, I, I'll be the one to say it. She was very rude. No kind regards at all. No pleasantries. I was, I was honestly a little shocked that she would say such terrible things. <laughs> all right. So this, this week's episode we are covering is episode 11 of season two, The Outsider. And uh, I will say, I know Claire sent in feedback, so I'm interested to hear, but she did not like this episode, apparently. But she also said she wasn't able to concentrate on it, so. (laughs) Weird. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's do 60-second summary. All right, all of our names are in a device. Alexa, open 60-second summary. Okay, let me pick. Tammy. Wow. Alexa, what have I done to you? (laughs) What did I do to deserve Seriously. this treatment? <laughs> All right, Tammy, uh, as per usual. <laughs> I know. You know how this works. Uh, take a oh, moment. Collect your thoughts. Uh, think about what happened in this episode. What were people doing? What were they wearing in oof, a real time of fashion? Um, you know, I, whatever you need to discuss in this episode in as much detail as possible without going over one minute, minute or ridiculously under... Uh, because then you would be, uh, um, um, hitting your head on a pumpkin? And how the hell do you hit your head on a pumpkin? (laughs) A favorite line. (laughs) How do you hit your head on a pumpkin? I mean, that's fair. (laughs) Like, did he karate chop it with his head? Like, what is he Uh, doing? (laughs) How do you hit your head on a pumpkin? (laughs) So good. All right. And you will be going in three, two, one, go. So we are in the 80s, yeah, and we are learning about Herbicore and their cancer-causing pesticides. And we also are trying to get Connie's uh, job back on track. <laughs> My favorite line, at Herbicore, we Herbicare. <laughs> Uh, so dumb. Anyway, that's really the leap part, but the I think the important piece is that uh, they want to fire Ian, and then I thought they were going to fire Jen, and before they were going to fire Jen, I said, why can't Magic just leave? He's done, like, nothing this season. And that is what happened. He is resigning, and also maybe Tom's life is saved, because he's like, I guess I'm out of here, um, because you can't make up your mind or whatever, but, but him and and what's her face uh Badison broke up so there's that the end <laughs> one minute <laughs> at urban core we urban care i don't know why i could not stop laughing it was, was so dumb <laughs> because at urban core we urban care Also, 
I don't know uh, if you felt this, but once we had this herbicore, like, once we knew that was the story, I was like, oh, I'm sure there's going to be a memo at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so... And so when uh, they were like, oh, we have the smoking gun, it's a memo with a signature. And I was like, of course it is. Goddamn memos. <laughs> Taking everyone out in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Claire. I had a good time watching this. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, hey, just a real trivia fact off the top is uh, the guy playing Robbie is not Adrian Pazdar. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Oh, I love that you're like, I gotta find that out first. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that guy, right? I think it's that guy. Just wearing a funny wig? Oh, nope. It's no. a different guy. Oh, just another yeah. one of those guys, huh? Just another, just another one of those guys. Um, So, yeah, I had to do trivia this week since Claire's not here, so, so bear with me. Uh, one is that we do have uh, a, an in-memoriam at the end to Matt Dale, and I did find out that he is a, was like a co-host or whatever, or the host of the Quantum Leap podcast, which was like a, it's been a big podcast. Like, oh. they have all the major, like, actors and stuff on that podcast, and so um, he Oh, so passed- they're in the podcast. Pocket. They're they're in big quantum pockets. They're in, they're in big quantum pockets. They should they should have been on the chopping block along with magic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, apparently he passed away Christmas of 2023, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's sad. But <laughs> I really was like, you know, when they do the in memoriam, it's sometimes just like uh, you know a crew person or something. So I was kind of like, oh, it's a podcaster. Interesting. But someone who uh, I know of the Quantum Leap podcast because they do all kinds of shit, so. Um, I, I, I've not dipped into the Quantum Leap podcast. No, I've not so. listened to it, but <laughs> let's okay, be clear. Okay. I've not, right. not listened to it, but, and it's, I think, like, you know, one where they also do YouTube of, of the podcast, but they uh, have, like, all of the actors on this podcast. Is it one of those things where we're saying it's a podcast, but it's actually a YouTube channel? Because that I shit has to tell. stop. I don't like, know. I don't know if, if... I don't know what... Are we supposed to be like, oh, they videotaped their podcast and are putting it on YouTube? Or mm-hmm. is it a YouTube show that they're making an audio form? Like, I, I don't know. Listen, lis- listeners, <laughs> like, listen, you guys, you guys are listening to podcasts. That's yes. how podcasts began. That That's what they are. Like, we you know don't want to see this. We you don't want to see this. <laughs> like, everyone listening gets it. But there's some people out there that think their YouTube channel is a podcast. Yeah. And I, like, it's insane. We, yeah, you, I can't and you can have it your po- Also, you can have a podcast that you also have a video version of. Lots of people do that. That's fine. Yeah. But let's, I just want to make sure that like, I want to start a campaign. We get, we can't just start calling YouTube channels other things. Yeah. And, and I don't, because I have not listened or watched this, although there have been times where I'm like, oh, I want to go back and watch that because it's like one of, you know, like, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the actors or whatever is doing an interview. And I, sure. I never do. I literally never do. Um, so I've not even dipped in to see if they even put it out in an audio-only form. I have no clue. But right. they're calling the guy the the host of the Quantum Leap podcast. So, And I just know that that also has a video <laughs> format. No. So. No. I'm just, I'm, listen, my grievance is not necessarily with them. Maybe oh, no, they no, are not no, an offender. No. Just I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm airing a grievance. Um, 
which is important to air. Um, I hear you. Also, I support you. <laughs> it, also, if any if anything happens to us, we better get representation in an opening credit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so there's only one review for this episode, it, which is a nine out of ten. Whoa. Yeah, which I like this episode. Yeah. I don't know if it was a nine out of ten. Yeah, a perfectly <laughs> fine serviceable episode. Absolutely. And, it, you know, and, and to me, move the story along with the whole, like, evil Chipko because yeah. they needed to get that in there before the last two episodes. Um, and <laughs> nine out of ten. I love episodes with curly, we- curly haired weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> this person, the, the subject of their uh, review is time to end the show. Because <laughs> they loved it so much that it can't get better than this. <laughs> I, hey, buddy. Like, you're this like one is... of those fucking people that's like, uh, I love my family so much I have to murder them now. Like, stop. Uh, <laughs> ah, the show is perfect now. It must die. Stop. It's so weird. Um... Yeah, it says maybe the writers are pulling out all the stops for a big finale, or this is to be the standard, or in future, time will tell. Okay, you, I, calm down, calm down. Listen, I, I liked it, I liked it, I had a great time. I always have a great time with this show. Yeah. But like, what is your deal? Also, what's what's going on with your life? Is everything okay? Yeah. Or is everything just too good in your life? Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't diagnose. Uh, this, this I, what I'm saying is, is, I am not capable as a medical <laughs> professional, which I'm not, to diagnose diagnose you over a review. Um, this person says this was a great episode and the highest I have ranked this or the original series in quite some time. Why is this person really ranking? Any I of mean, the episodes? we've talked about ranking. We don't do ranking. Uh-uh. <laughs> Uh, but you know what this person has? There's, there's one thing I agree with with this person. Highest. Highest. I will agree. They may be the highest. <laughs> also, this person felt the original series went downhill after Sam Sam was kept, kept leaping into famous people's lives. Lee Harvey Oswald was the end for me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Imagine like hold just like just like holding a grudge all this time. Look, I, I don't read a lot of the review. Like you know, I'll sometimes let you guys know some highlights of the reviews. But there's there was a lot of gold in this one review for this. Episode. So, um, has this person right. reviewed the hit new film Madam Web? Because uh, I would <laughs> love to hear what they have to say about that. Because right now, that's really the only thing living in my mind. <laughs> Um, so let me share with you some of the, uh, Quantum Leap trivia. Um, let's see. Oh, some of Ben's trivia. I thought this was fun that this person even cared enough. Hannah's phone number in 1982 is 415-174-5683. And then they put, this is a non-working number. <laughs> with oh, because they San called Francisco it weirdo. I know, that's what happened have happened so i needed to point that out i Yikes. don't normally go into the individual uh trivias of because i don't al- normally go into fictional people's telephone numbers but yeah yeah i so the way al's place is set up is they have like project trivia which is like the overall trivia which we tend to skip all of these like little 
trivias, like these little mini trivias, because it's project trivia, and then they go into trivia for each of the characters. Um, and Ian's got a special Ian's outfit worn in this episode section, which is, I, I do appreciate that. Um, and then typically what Claire and I, whenever we're doing this, just go to some miscellaneous trivia. But that one stuck out to me. Yeah. <laughs> Your Ben's trivia. I was like, all right. Um, so let's see. I'm skipping through some of this miscellaneous trivia. Uh, because some of it is just stupid. Uh, so from the Quantum Leap Writers Room, did you know? Oh boy. <laughs> Mill- <laughs> millennial uh, millennials will recognize uh, Biggie Fries, aka Connie's boss Davidson, from one of our favorite childhood shows, Smart Guy. First of all, um, millennial checking in. Never heard of this show. <laughs> I'm not a millennial. I was hoping you would tell me that you knew about Smart Guy, your favorite show I've from your childhood. Never heard of Smart Guy. <laughs> I was like, oh well, I don't. Get-. But I had to read that because it's millennials' favorite show. So there's that. Um, in this episode, Ben is using a real working microfilm reader. Prop master Eric Grasshite Grasstit. And the entire props department worked overtime to get a period-accurate tech for the show. Alright. Not sure. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Whatevs. Um, did you know that this was filmed on the Universal Backlot Studios? <laughs> I'm not going to read more into that, but... Like, all of it. Like I know! I just, again, sometimes I have to read this trivia because I'm just like, yeah, this is not trivia. We all know this. Um... Oh, let's see. Uh, that's not trivia either. This is not trivia! Some of this shit is not trivia! What are you- t- <sighs> Anyway. Um, oh, the writer's room censor love on this Valentine's Day Eve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, did you feel their love, Brad? From the writer's room? Uh, <laughs> there's too much say what, so I'm just gonna randomly pick things. Um, when Br- Ben reads through newspaper archives, he quips, can't Ziggy do this part for us? Yes, it makes no sense at all that Ziggy can't bring up those same newspaper archives. They do make it seem like Ziggy can only work on one thing at a time. Yeah. So, that's fair. Uh, uh, that's That stands in this court. <laughs> Uh, the safe diagram Jen pulls up is not the same dimensions as the safe in the wall in Chet's office. Did you measure any of this? What are you talking about? How do you know this? A safe door would not pop open by striking it hard. You'd still have to turn the handle to release the latch no matter what. I thought the whole thing was that that was the flaw of this safe. Um, while admirable, saving thousands of lives at one time in 1982 would cause a major time ripple 40 plus years later that should have been felt by Ziggy, if not erasing some people from existence. Oh no, not No Noses Kids again. Yeah, but they do that every week. (laughs) Everything has ripples through time. And especially the further back you go in time. All that shit in the fucking Salem? That, like... (laughs) That completely obliterated, like, everything. Absolutely. Yeah, we saved an entire town of women. (laughs) Like... Yeah. Um... We get no information on the backstory of Ben's host, Brian. Uh, unusually. The focus is mainly on Connie. That happens sometimes. We don't get a- I mean, because even, um, on the last Hannah episode, we didn't get a lot of backstory. Like, other than the guy used to be a cop. Otherwise, we didn't really get a lot of that guy's backstory either. Because the focus was on Hannah and Josh and Josh's brother. That's not unusual, guys. <laughs> Sometimes the host body for Ben is literally just a body to get close to the person he's supposed to help. 
Uh, so who cares about that person? Um, so there's so much, say what, that those are just, again, I was just picking and choosing a couple at random. So, um, <laughs> those were them. Some of them, I'm not sure what the deal is with these people. <laughs> uh, all right. Brad, do you want to go into yours and then we do Claire's voicemail? Sure. All right. So then what was happening on the day of this leap? Ah, guys, it is October 6, 1982. I love having an actual date. It's great. So happy for you. (laughs) Ah, it was wonderful. Wonderful. Um, As we all know, uh, (laughs) dummy website. I just can't. Yikes! Um, some people that are have birthdays on this date that aren't this year, but are still on this we- part of the website for some reason. Um, uh, let's see who we got. Oh, Jeremy Sisto. I forgot about him. Oh, yeah, that's a person who exists. Yeah, is he a creep or something, or does he just like have creep vibes? I think he just has creep vibes. I don't think okay. he actually ends up being a creep. I think he you just know, plays one on TV. There's some of those people that it's like, you know, not, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah. Um, I just want to put, put my chip on won't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Our great actor, you know, but who knows? Um, a lot of people go under the radar for a long time, Kevin Spacey. Um, Seriously. So, uh, other people, uh, Elizabeth Shue, Amy Jo Johnson. Oh, Power Rangers. I was like, why is that name familiar? <laughs> Um, One of the few Power Ranger names I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only Power Ranger's name that anyone knows. Because like literally everyone my age had a crush on her and I was like, why are you guys watching this show? This looks dumb as fuck. I yeah. can't. Yeah. Um, uh, Melvin Bragg. I enjoy Melvin Bragg. Um, uh, also, on this day, oh, um, William Butler. On this actual day, the keyboard player from Arcade Fire was born. Okay. So that's a thing. Um, All you music heads out there. Yeah. (laughs) Also. Oh, I don't know if I've seen this section on this website before, which I always love. A new section. People that died on this day. Oh my God, why? But not necessarily this year. (laughs) 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 Just on the date of October 6th, Bill O'Reilly. Oh. Is he dead? (laughs) <laughs> what if they're just expecting him to Am die? I crazy? Bill O'Reilly's not dead. <laughs> Why is he listed that on this website? Why did they list- <laughs> He's not dead. Why are like, we getting didn't... our hopes up? <laughs> I'm like, I just saw him like say something not that long ago, right? He's not dead. <laughs> no, he's not dead. What the fuck is this? <laughs> website, maybe you Weird. should just stick to things that you don't know. <laughs> Very <laughs> guys, don't try out a new section on your website if you can't do it. <laughs> don't Man, get can our you believe for nothing? <laughs> can you believe that Bill O'Reilly died on the same day as Betty Davis, but in different years, even though he's not dead? Oh, <laughs> maybe they meant his career died because that's oh. a thing that's definitely dead. Yeah, maybe. Um, weird. Also, on this date. <laughs> Uh, Egypt celebrates National Day, our Victory Day, in the October War, 1973. So, I mean, am I going to celebrate um, a victory against the state of Israel? Always. <laughs> Always. Fuck those genociders. Um, also, in Ireland, it's Ivy Day, uh, formerly honoring the Irish revolutionary uh, Patrick Pierce. Okay. Okay. 
Don't know. Um, maybe I'm support. Maybe I'm not. Don't know. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say I am ambivalent uh, uh, because I, it also it says formerly honoring, and then it's like a, we're honoring a revolutionary. I love a revolutionary asterisk. Don't <laughs> just gonna don't know which don't know what I got. I need more specifics. Um, maybe I'm for it. Maybe I'm against it. I definitely have a strong feeling one way or the other if I actually looked into it. Um, like I have a strong feeling against the, the state of Israel, yep. which is committing a genocide currently and has been for like for 75 years. Yeah, like um, so many, so many years. So also, oh, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, French Revolution, uh, Republican calendar. It's uh, Donkey Day. Oh. The 15th day in the month of Vin Diesel. I really thought you were going to say Vin Diesel. <laughs> you know, uh... I was like, what is this that you're reading? Was... What website is They're giving us fake debts? They're giving us a Vin Diesel month? I yeah, the French Revolution that. was big on Vin Diesel, and also Bill O'Reilly's dead. Um... <laughs> Guys, it's a weird website. I don't know what to say about the fine people at TakeMeBack.to. So, uh, uh, top song in the U.S., top song in the U.K., top song in the U.S. is Jack and Diane. Okay. So, in the U.K., it's Past the Duchy by Musical Youth. I just, that's not real. That's not real. Come on now. Come on. Let's not. Let's let's just stop this pretending. I mean, that's not a real song. Bill O'Reilly's still alive. I listen. I wish that was a real song, and I wish Bill O'Reilly was dead, and I wish the state of Israel uh, was never manufactured. But here we are. We have to live in reality. <sighs> also, uh, films, guys. We got some movies, and I'm very upset Claire's not here. Because um, number one at the box office. E.T. the extraterrestrial. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire. Oh, I it's know. your fave, man. It's your fave. Uh, number two, an officer and a gentleman. Uh, number three, Amityville 2, the possession. <laughs> uh, number four, Fast Modern Rich Time High. Wow. Five, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Uh, six, The Incubus. Seven, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh. It's a wild time at the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> Eight, Tempest. Nine, Jekyll and Hyde, Ellipses, Together Again. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? What is this, that? I, oh, oh, we look like, a, we got a, oh, looks like Steve Martin's in this? What am I looking at? <laughs> Wait, is it a crime, potentially? <laughs> Wait, is okay. He's not. He is. Oh, I don't even know if that's. I don't. I don't think that's oh, okay. Steve Martin. Okay. I think it's just a guy that's randomly in the movie that kind of looks like Steve Martin in this <laughs> clip that's playing on IMDb. This looks very bad. Uh, Mark Blankfield. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know what I'm looking at here, but this. Dr. Daniel Jekyll, researching into drugs that would help mankind avoid surgery, discovers a white powder that unleashes the animal in every man, and in his case, turning him from a shy and timid doctor into a wild, sex-crazed party oh God, animal. Why? Why? To why the delight, it... oh, to the delight and dismay of both his rich fiance and stripper girlfriend. Oh my God! Ooh. Oh my God! There's so many things. <laughs> Why Ooh. are there so many things in this one, like, synopsis read to me? <laughs> yeah, this looks bad. 
This looks real uh, bad. Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know about that movie, that it even existed, and I'm glad that my memory sucks and I won't remember it after this. Yeah, like, what is this? Go back to forgetting. What the fuck? I, I, and the poster? I Like, <laughs> is psychotic. I just want to say, the poster for this is psychotic hold on i gotta i gotta fucking, okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm sending this you just hold the fuck up because mm. i have to put it in the chat because i have to force claire to inadvertently see this at some point yeah. as well because it's very upsetting i like when we just send claire random shit it's my fave it's, it's my fave <laughs> what is this <laughs> it's a real toot is what it is Thrill toot. Oh toot. my god. This looks like a card from a, a real weird playing deck. <laughs> oh, and I, I'm sorry, I, I cut off the I cut off the fucking tagline here. The comedy that examines modern living through chemistry. No. <laughs> no. No. They no. told Dr. Jekyll to take his amazing scientific discovery and shove it up his nose. So he did. And it's him with things with a stethoscope up his nose. It's also I... not how you put things in your nose. It's a stethoscope. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> is your nose going to hear the problem? What is happening? It's a, it's a real toot. It's a real toot. Because he, he, <sighs> makes, he makes Dr. Jekyll cocaine. Like, he, he invents cocaine, I guess. Like, I don't... What's the difference? Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> um, um, so that's number nine. Number ten, Poltergeist. <laughs> How is Poltergeist below this movie? <laughs> I mean, I guess because this movie's new and Poltergeist is like in its 11th week. Okay, so, okay. Well, you know. Yeah, I trust. It's, uh, this isn't going to remain number nine. No, um, I can't. I, I can't. Uh, number 11, Rocky 3. Uh, number 13, Night Shift. Uh, what else we got? Uh, 16, Annie. 17, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan in its 16th week. Wow. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's some movies. Um, guys, there's some things on TV. There's some things on TV. Again, I'm I'm very upset Claire's not here because on CBS, (laughs) we're showing Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. (gasps) Whoa. Oh, this is the TV show. What? I don't, I don't know if I ever saw the TV show. No, I didn't either, but I I do remember discovering (laughs) that it was a thing when we, uh, when we covered this, uh, but yeah, that's the, yeah, it's an episode of the TV show. Um, also on Alice, Filthy Rich, Dynasty, um, and a show called Tucker's Witch. <laughs> okay. And the episode was The Good Witch of Laurel Canyon. What the fuck is this show? <laughs> Rick and Amanda Tucker investigate a series of murders involving women in elevators, dubbed the <laughs> elevator murders, after a woman comes to their office sorry. claiming she knows who the killer is. <laughs> the I'm sorry? <laughs> sorry, What? It's a comedy detective series. Oh, of course it is. Um, Tim Matheson and Catherine Hicks. Oh, that's a good cast. I like that. Operate a private detective agency in Laurel Canyon. Uh, Amanda is a witch who possesses psychic powers. <laughs> <laughs> and other powers. <laughs> and just random and other, other ones. powers. She's a witch. A, psych- a psychic witch... Also, other powers, cool, um, help solve cases. However, as Amanda is not fully in control of her powers, her witchy exploits often lead the couple, in, couple into trouble. I mean, how is this not a hit? Only 12 episodes? What are you talking about? Oh, and this was the pilot! Wow! Ted Danson was in it as well, in the pilot. Wow! 
Uh, I yeah. I am, I don't think I've ever heard of this. No, of course not. It was only twelve episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, cool. I was I a little child it. at the time, so yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that was on. Also on NBC, we had uh, Facts of Life, Family Ties, uh, Quincy, um, and a show called Real People. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck is real people? What is real people? So I did some diving. What is real people? Oh, boy. (laughs) This was a TV series. After That's Incredible from 1980 surfaced, with the same format as real people, Mad Magazine summed it up well in their parody show, That's Incredible Real People. It's basically just people. People doing shit that that are interesting. (laughs) Like, it's just real people is is the fucking premise of the show. Real people. Okay. So it's not famous people, it's just real people. And it's like, I don't know, like, basically human interest, like, bullshit, but, like, I... So, I was trying to find some episode descriptions, and here's one. Okay. Um, now, this was from 1980. This was season three, episode 17, Doodah Parade. Uh, um, okay. We, there's, <laughs> there's a staring contest. There's a special family. Pro Plunger. Gigolo Convention. What? Um, <laughs> Twiggy slash hang glider, typos slash eating out, and psychic weightlifter. I mean, this just sounds like a random collection of random shit. It's someone like, scrolling through TikTok. Exactly. Before we had fucking YouTube and TikTok, we had this fucking shit. We had real people. We had real people, the TV show episode, the doodah parade, which then I had to see what the fuck is the doodah parade. The Pasadena Doodah Parade is a popular, farcical, and flamboyant parade held in Pasadena, California about about once a year, usually in the <laughs> fall or winter. About. Although in recent years, it has moved to the to the nearest Saturday to May Day. Like, this is your fucking random ass parade that doesn't even have a specific time. I, and also, I was I like, actually, oh, are we saying it doesn't have a specific yeah. time? <laughs> and like, when the moment was like, oh, is this like a coded like like pride yeah. parade before there was a pride? No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's conceived- a doodah parade. Brad. It's a doodah parade. <laughs> Conceived in 1978 by several friends, including uh, uh, Peter Apinerol, uh, Ted Wright, Charles Skip Fennell, no. uh, Corky <laughs> Peterson. All right, if we got a Skip and a Corky together, oh boy, I no thank you. Um, I just, as an irreverent alternative to traditional formality of the Rose Parade, I mean, what are we saying? It's just a kooky parade. It's a Doodah parade. <laughs> um, the official band of the parade, Snotty Scotty and the Hankies. No, uh-uh. No. No. I no, mean... No. No. Like, how is the... Are we sure this is not a pride parade? Like, <laughs> I got Hanky shit in there? Like, what are we doing? Oh, I, my God. Corky Peterson was the first Grand Marshal. Well, Corky, huh, you came up with this thing and all of a sudden you're the Grand Marshal. Hmm. <laughs> I, I just, like, I don't even understand. I don't understand. Oh, apparently there's doodah parades in other places now, too. The event has been copied by Columbus, Ohio, Ocean City, New Jersey, and Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay, now, a doodah parade in Kalamazoo just sounds appropriate. Like, (laughs) let's have all of our goofy name shit in one place. And let's actually pick a day for it, too, all right? Not this could be fall or winter or May. Um, I don't know if you went to the Pasadena Doodah Parade website. 
Um, but they got pictures, and it looks like... I'm gonna send this link to you. Oh, no. Um, it looks like people literally wearing garbage. Like, what is this? This is like when, like, conservatives get mad that gay people have too much fun, <laughs> and they want to have a pride parade, but for, like, just, like, being weird straights. Just, just the very top picture when you get there, Brett. Like, the very uh-huh. top picture is people wearing literal garbage bags. Like, what is this? The occasional yeah. Pasadena Duda Parade, Sunday, November 19th, 2023. So they just had one. <laughs> oh. So dumb. Oh, they had the day after my birthday? I missed the Duda Parade? My birthday Duda? Oh. I missed it? Apparently it was the largest one yet, so. Wow. Oh, and we could have, we could, we, you could watch it. <laughs> An edited recording is on YouTube. Oh, Duda God. special, mimosas and kazoos. I mean, <laughs> this seems so just wildly unpleasant. Yeah. What is this party? Party at Doghouse all Duda day. And this guy is wearing a building on his head. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> what is this? I real I think I think <sighs> this is some kind of response to a gay pride parade. I think it's straight to being weird, right? I guess I because they were like it's that <sighs> or just people want another reason to get wasted, which I don't know why we always need to find reasons. Like just do it. Like I don't understand. Yeah. But, but I there's I feel like this, there's very I don't know. There's something. I don't like it. There's something. There's something sure. off-putting in a direction about it that I just feel is there's something under the surface of this that I don't and understand. There absolutely, could be. I'm. I'm. I have no <laughs> more information. Than Everything you at about this, this has a weird vibe to me that I feel like I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. If only, if only there was someone with the powers to connect it all, like a Madam Web, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't seen, uh, hit new film from Sony's uh, Dr. Michael Morbius universe. Um, Madam Web, it's a movie and it's dumb. Brad, this this parade is put together so haphazardly. Parade tips. The Duda Parade has no marching order. So they, they don't have an order of when people come out in the parade. So find a place that makes you comfortable. But remember, it's first come, first serve. So to me, that sounds like an order. But anyway, uh, if you are concerned about your spot, come early. Think about what is fun in front and behind you. If you're a band, you'll probably (sighs) want to find a place that's not in front of of, or behind another musical group. Entries have been really good at figuring this out. We will also have volunteers helping in this area. Keep in mind, we want to avoid... leaving trash behind like their clothes because they literally are wearing Mm -hmm. trash Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. old crowd traditions are hard to break but those coming to watch a parade will see signage about this too you know how this is fucking terrible like when i everyone can get as much into politics as they want (laughs) there is no limit to how deep you can fall into that rabbit hole sure um now if you find yourself leaning on a leftist side and you're willing to call yourself a communist. Okay. I embrace you. Cool. Absolutely. I'm with you. Hello, when comrade. When people start getting <laughs> very specific, when you really get into, when you, when like, ah, uh, when, when you start calling everybody a tanky and then you yeah. like get into like, which, which flavor of yeah. Maoist third worldist you are, like, 
those people, the peop- those people, they- they put off a vibe that's so upsetting, I can only describe it as do not ask. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what I'm getting here. There's something about this that it's like, you're way too in your own thing, and there's something about it, and you've got some motivation for it that I don't understand, but I don't trust, and it makes me inherently uncomfortable, even though we might or might not agree. Well, I- I don't like the haphazard disorganization of this parade. I do not like it. It's like, like an it. anarchist thing, right? Like, it seems anarchist it, adjacent. It does, but to me, it still, like, sits in that we just want to drink all day and mm-hmm. have basically permits to drink in public. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Like, this is just an excuse to drink in the street, which, fair, I guess, but then just fucking call it that. Like, what is this, like... But I also this, think they're oh, they're God, probably into so like a weird. weird drug, like a very specific weird drug, and they're gonna try to have a threesome with you, like in a weird oh, way. Like oh. I don't know, everything about <laughs> this is off putting. So I'm in the gallery because why am I doing this to myself? Uh, from 1997 to t- to 2000, so a whopping three years, <laughs> there was the briefcase synchronized drill team who walked in the parade, and it's just a bunch of dudes wearing suits holding up briefcases. <laughs> okay, there's comments, by the way, there's comments oh, on the no. main page. Oh no, I did not I did not see comments. I didn't look at the comments. Oh, do do this exclamation point. Oh no. A couple of decades ago, I marched in two exclamation point. The LA Free Clinic organized a group and I was a volunteer, comma. So I costumed and marched as the herpes fairy. No. <laughs> I carried a sign that said, be careful what you spread. The first year I threw candy, but fights broke out over the cheap candies. So the second year I threw confetti. No grabbing battles. Participate, comma, and build amazing memories, exclamation point. Hope to see you there, exclamation point. Okay, after you told me that story... Why would you go there again? That's the thing. You dress as a herpes fairy, people got in fights over shitty candy, and you can't wait to be there again. Something's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> I love this is what we've, we've <sighs> covered on this podcast episode so far I, for I'm no so, reason. I'm so sorry. I know we spent way too much time, but that was a, a rabbit hole. I mean, guys, hole. listen, I, I knew there would be a lot of diversions. No, this is not that I, I expected I would just be talking about Madam Web constantly throughout this episode. <laughs> I was not expecting to go this deep on the Doodah Festival. In, in what you've told me about Madam Web, I I mean, if Madam Web is connected to everything, Madam Web has been to every Doodah parade. I mean, her web <laughs> so, connects us all. Exactly. Never let us forget. Her web connects us all, much like the Doodah parade connects oh, us all. Oh my god. Yeah, um, so uh, that's happening. Okay. <laughs> Back to you. Uh, uh, Brad, why don't you play Claire's voicemail? Let's see, let's see if Claire can get us back on track. <laughs> Claire, what's your doodah thoughts? <laughs> you got some doodah thoughts? What's going on? You gonna talk about Madam Web? What you talking about? Let's find out. Hello, lovelies. So, uh, Quantum Lee, I didn't like this episode. Um... I I thought the writing was really bad in this one. Like as soon as that farmer's wife appeared at the start and was like <coughs> I was like, Oh, it's gonna be an Erin Brockovich pesticide stuff and nothing in it I don't know, nothing came as a surprise to me in this episode, which was a sh- Oh. Oh no. What happened? To me in this episode, which was a sh- Oh no, it's just cut off. Oh. 
So yeah, I guess that's yeah. it. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? That voicemail game is a surprise to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, did the doodahs get you? <laughs> what happened? Happy doodah day, Claire. <laughs> no. So nothing came as a surprise to Claire. So Claire is not Madam Web. <laughs> Her web does not connect us all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, th- I do think feel like I don't think that that makes it a bad episode, but I absolutely like they were playing off of Aaron Brockovich, but they weren't focused on like you know them necessarily being the catalyst for this change. It was also to save Connie's uh yeah. job, so we didn't have a bunch of lawyer scenes or any of that stuff. Um, we just had Connie honestly being a badass. I really like Connie. <laughs> so <laughs> I really liked her. I liked that Ben was there to help her and her career goals, uh, you know, be a professional lady. Um, but I do feel like that was almost like, I feel like this week that was the secondary story to what was happening with Evil Chipko. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, well, Claire might have mentioned it and then cut herself off. <laughs> So, <laughs> otherwise, I'm just to say, Claire, did you not notice that they were trying to fire Ian and then trying to fire Jen and then Magic resigned? Didn't you notice yeah. that? Yeah. While Addison just sat back because she has also been useless this season. <laughs> I, that's the other thing we're going to talk about for five hours is fucking Addison. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I. She has to stay away from caffeine. She was making me nervous, like... <laughs> How jittery that actress tried to portray herself and not doing a very good job. Yeah. Um, I mean, Claire, did you not, did you not notice all the curly-haired weirdos that were in this episode, Thank too? Thank you. I yeah. mean... Uh, <laughs> did you not notice some of the amazing lines in this episode? <laughs> I mm. would say that, you know, Herbicore Herbicaring is uh, yeah. a pretty amazing writing, to be honest. <laughs> So, I don't know what you're talking about with bad writing. <laughs> I mean, how can you say bad writing? I mean, it's not like they had a line that was, he was also in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. <laughs> he was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. <laughs> oh my god. Which, uh, spoiler alert, is a line only in the trailer and not actually in the film Madam Web. Uh, hit blockbuster film in theaters now. Oh my god. Okay, I hate and love that so much when there's something in a trailer and not in the film because yeah. I hate it because it's like, why is this in the trailer? But then I love it because then I'm just like, why did this get cut? Like, what what happened that they need? Like, this was the time saver they were looking for. Yeah. This one little piece. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they had, to make, they had to make room for Pepsi, which is the other main character in uh, <laughs> Madam Web. Fair. It's fair. Our product right. placement. Uh, Brad, are you ready to leap into this episode? Abs-fucking-lutely. <laughs> um, I will say that, uh, we'll get to the actual Quantum Leap headquarters, but this, I like that this really, for both, obviously, in the leap, we know that Ben, from episode to episode, is moving in from one leap directly to the other. But the Quantum Leap headquarters piece also was directly from one scene to the other. And I love, I love when they do that, when they're able to do that, and it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but we start in the leap, Ben leaps into a phone booth in 1982, and it begins to ring. He looks the most confused to be in a phone booth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it, I get uh, it. I'm just like, sir, you have leapt in while driving. <laughs> 
I get that this it's a little disorienting, but I don't know if you should be this confused that you're in a like a phone booth. He, he just seems to look around like, what is this contraption? I mean, a phone just a, a phone booth in general is confounding. Yeah. But any time that a phone is ringing in a phone booth, yeah, I think it's weird. more creepy, right? Yeah, because it's only really a thing that happens when a serial killer is calling, right? Uh, yeah, not... and we we get a creep calling for sure. He because sh- he shuts the door and answers, and a voice tells him they know. Ben says they do. <laughs> It's great. It's great. <laughs> and the boy says, of course they do. You talked to a suit at Kaplan, didn't you? I told you to keep your mouth shut. It's too late to be sorry. People are going to die now. Their blood is on your hands. <laughs> sorry. I tried to be dramatic. I couldn't. <laughs> but this guy was totally dramatic. And then they hang up and Connie walks up. Um, and she is a news reporter. And they're going to be late for the thing they're reporting on uh and so Ben follows her and checks out his press badge. And we also see him check himself out real quick in a, a window. And he is Brian Conway. I mean, maybe it's because, like, he never gets a chance to sleep in between leaps yeah. anymore, ever. Yeah, that's very uh, true. Maybe, like, that's why his cloak level is completely depleted it's in this episode. It literally does not exist. It does not exist. No. He might as well be talking to Addison, like, and Connie at the same time. Like, like what have I, a three-way conversation. Everything in this episode, every time they're pointing out how Connie is, like, a capable human, is just her having the slightest ability to cloak. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Um, so, let's see. Um, let's talk about... <laughs> I'm at 1 minute 28 seconds. Let's talk about Lady in Blue in the back. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Almost there. Yeah, her her shoulder pads aren't big, big, <gasps> oh. big, but they're they're pretty out there. <laughs> they're pretty out oh, yeah. there. Oh yeah. And I I I love the color. I'm loving the color. Mm-hmm. But this is such. That's a, a real designing woman right there. It is absolutely what I thought of. <laughs> oh, oh my god. That's fun. Um. So yeah, I we're we're gonna get into some fashions this episode, which is fun. I love it. The eighties are usually such a good year. It's a yeah. good, good a good decade to see fashions. Um, Ben's clothes are fine. They're good as what else. Yeah. Um, but Connie's on a mission. She's a reporter. They're gonna be late. Uh, ben tells her that he just got off the phone with a source that said people are gonna die. She is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she says that everyone wants her to report on things because she's Connie Davis, a well-known former news reporter in New York. She's not that person anymore and the story that uh, that they're gonna go report on is the biggest one she's had in months. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> poor Connie. Yeah. Um, I actually like her suit. Like, the purple looks like oh, this yeah. dark purple and stuff. And it's not, like, over-the-top 80s. It actually is pretty nice. Um, so, yes, we meet Coughing Wife. And, yes, of course, Claire. <laughs> you can yeah. tell right away, like, oh, she's coughing. That means she's dying. <laughs> she's got the lung cancer, clearly. Um, so they're at Rustic Roots Farm. And she's interviewing Steve and Nancy, two local farmers who grew a 1,000-pound pumpkin. Brad, her line. Good gourd, that's big. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Oof. It is, but it also made me laugh because it was so dumb. And I'm just like, oh, what a life that you have to read this shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, Let's say this. Oh. Like the uh, the skill set you have to have to be a fucking like TV reporter like in the 80s is upsetting. Like, absolutely. <laughs> how do you, how do you not commit suicide? Yeah. How do you go home every day and not? Yeah. But Connie is great at her job because even when she says that, I mean, she seems to say it effortlessly and Mm -hmm. you know how painful that was to say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nancy says that they make some jokes about the fucking pumpkin. Um, so he, Steve says that it's a result of a lot of work, a lot of waiting, and a little killer. Um, Addison shows up and motions Ben over, who is filming it, and just says, Meh, the battery's low, gotta go not take the battery with me or charge it. I mean, it. <laughs> crazy. Cra- and he walks just... Uh, just slightly yeah. out of the way. Like, they're still within eyeshot. They're just, like, having a convo. And Connie's got to, like, yokel it up with the fucking farmers. Who are, They're just, like, hooting and hollering and having yeah. a great time. Just, like, having a casual chat. Which, jeez. It's so, it's so crazy. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're within earshot, honestly. Yeah. They see him, they should see him, like, talking to himself. Yeah. Not in the van getting a battery. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like at least go and like hide behind the other side of the van. <laughs> Something. <laughs> um so yeah, so Addison um oh, well first of all, Ben wants to know if uh the letter worked. Did, when he sent the letter, did the letter get to Hannah? Did it, you know, did it work? Addison says that she did and they were able to fix Josh's heart. Uh but she had to add that he still died a year later in a car accident. I mean, it's still a year. Like, I, yeah, absolutely. Like and so, like people I don't know why fucking next die. Time... Like people die. Yeah, and you know, send another letter next time you're further back in the past. Like, yeah. hey, on this date, he's gonna be in a car accident. Like, you can just keep doing this. Yeah. I, people love in like time travel things to like give up after one setback. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, dummies, time travel, you can do this forever. Yeah, and like, there, there's time travel things where they're like, oh, this one thing is a fixed point, so you can't change it. But clearly, in Josh's case, you could. So you absolutely yeah. could just send another letter. It's not a fixed point in time, because you already saved him once, so. I mean, I get for the sake of like, you know, like yeah. telling a, a story, like that's just boring. So we have to pretend there's fixed points and shit. Yeah, and yeah, can't sure, change sure. And whatever, whatever. Yeah. But like, in reality, like, no. <laughs> Like, just keep doing it. Like, Bill and Ted are the closest to making sense with time travel. They just keep fucking around until they get it right. Yeah. Um, so Ben wants Hannah's phone number and Addison looks it up for him and asks him to focus on the leap. Also, why doesn't he, like, ask, hey, when I call her, like, what's she up to right now? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sorry, we didn't look that up. The fact that Addison was, like, quickly was able to find her phone number as well, I'm like, so Uh are you guys now monitoring, finally? Are you guys monitoring Hannah? Like, are you finally doing it? Have you looked up her son to see what he's doing and what he's changed his name to? Thank you. Um, so, what if they, what if he's just not connected to anything? (laughs) That would be so (laughs) fucking bonkers. That would be the craziest thing on this show. (laughs) That would be the Madam Web of this show. 
And by Madam Web, I mean thing that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Oh my god. Alright, so, uh, let's see. Addison, uh, briefs Ben about Connie, who was a legend in New York City and compares her to Barbara Walters. I don't want to be compared to Barbara Walters. Anyway. Yeah. She was, uh, fired over something to do with the source, and now she works in this local station in Denver, Colorado, without the limelight. (laughs) Well, yeah, she's, she's covering pumpkins. I mean, God. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. (laughs) Ben says all he has to do is to get Connie's career back on track. Um, Okay, I'm sorry, Ben. You have done how many leaps now? You just think your (laughs) role is to get Connie's career back on track? I mean, good. I'm glad. But (laughs) but also, like, at some point, he's got to realize, like, leaps mean more than, like, I don't know. Yeah. I know sometimes they are just, like, one person doing this one thing, but I don't know about Connie's career being back on track if that would have been enough for a leap, but... That's fine. No. It's fine. It's all fine. All right. So, (laughs) in Quantum Leap headquarters, um, we've got Gideon Ridge. Curly-haired weirdo. Oh, my gosh. He's he's an evil guy in, like, everything he's... (laughs) Um, Him playing with this little thing, the little dusk thing, is like, oh, my God, please stop. He is sitting in Magic's chair at his Magic's desk. Like, I, I... Like... I mean, the most villain-coded, villain-coded shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's he's doing, like, the t-shirt and jacket, like, yep. tech bro thing. He's got the sneak. Like, he's so evil-coded, it's cute. <laughs> and this actor's having so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I- I'll say this for him. He always does. Yeah, <laughs> like, he really does. <laughs> like, one of our great character actors, yeah. James Rain. Um, so... Hope he's not a creep. I hope he's not gonna sisto <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, Alright, so he's in there with Magic and Ian, and he says, All I'm saying is that I developed an advanced microprocessor that is my technology, and I let Ian borrow it, and now they won't give it back. I mean, how would you like it if someone just took your stuff? I can't- Is this what happened? I don't know! I'm so like, I don't- We had Evil Chipko be like the centerpiece for like three episodes at the beginning of the season before the strike. And I'm just like, I I don't remember um, a lot of this. So I don't know. Like, I wanted to go back and check this because I'm like, this does not seem like the same story we had earlier this season. Yeah, because the way he's saying it here, it's almost like he knew what it was being used for. And I thought the whole thing, too, with Evil Chipko is like it was like a secret thing. Well, and but but he's also saying you stole this. Like, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, from my understanding, until I watched this episode, is Ian went to Evil Chip Co. Yeah. And was like, I need a chip that can do this. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm not going to tell you what it's for. I'm not going to tell you it's for a time travel project because I can't because, you know, time mm-hmm. travel and you're an evil company and obviously shouldn't be going to outside companies um, <laughs> with time travel things because that's, we got to keep that in house because it's the government and it's time travel. Those are two things. Yep. And 
because of that's why it was secret is because you were going to this private unaffiliated company and that was why it was a big secret because you shouldn't be doing that because it should all be in-house but we didn't have the ability to make this thing so you had to go to them yeah and and the government wasn't wasn't approving any funding to even do any of that because they had shut the project down yeah yeah and uh, and the because you were doing this on the sly um like it didn't go through the the regular checks that like this a chip would have to go through like to make sure that it doesn't have spyware or whatever on it yeah but even (laughs) though i really feel like ian and jen should be able to figure that out but whatever It took them um, entirely. I know we talked about this one originally when we watched those episodes, but I remember talking about how it took them way too long to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like it, like it, like everyone's bad at their job. Yeah, but now that's it's like a. And again, I maybe I need to go back and check on it. I hopefully I'll have time before the finale. Um, if not, we'll catch up on it, I guess, next season. Question. Um, but yeah, and who knows? Time travel. Maybe everything changed because Ben oh, did that's something. True. Yeah. I mean, there's a real get out of jail free card to yeah. this show. But I don't know. Or maybe you know, uh, maybe Madam Web went back in time and did something <laughs> using her psychic powers. Um, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem the same. But whatever. Yeah, I. Previously on Quantum Leap. So I was looking into our code and I found something seriously wrong with the quantum processing chip that your boss built for me. You needed someone to make you the most powerful chip on Earth. I introduced you to my boss. That's the extent of my involvement. I know, I know, but the chip, the chip is transmitting Ziggy's code out of HQ, presumably back to him. Okay, um, okay, the good news is, is the most that he can get is the AI, okay? Unless you find Ben, there's no way he'll figure out that Quantum Leap is related to time travel. Did you find him? What do you want? My employer provided a prototype under the condition that you would share any data you collected while using it. I will deliver what I promised. Okay, but right now, I need that quantum chip reactivated. It is an emergency. I'd love to help, but... The chip requires authorization codes every 24 hours to stay active, and seeing as how you locked us out. You were stealing data. No, we were collecting that which we were entitled to collect. You made the deal, Ian. How about this? Tell me we have an agreement. And as a show of good faith, I'll reactivate the chip for the rest of the day. The people that you are working for are holding Quantum Leap hostage. If I don't give them what they want, I lose Ben. And if I do give them what they want, I don't even want to think about what what that would look like. What do you need? I need you to rewrite the firmware on the chip. So just to be clear, you're asking me to work against my own boss to jailbreak his tech. After which, he won't just fire me. He'll destroy my career. It's not a fair thing to ask. I know, I get that. The answer but... is, is yes. Ian Wright, in the flesh. Funny, I never got your name. We're not there yet. First, you need to give me what I want. You mean highly classified government property? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Simone, meet Jen, our head of security. You blackmailed a federal employee this morning. That was not a good move. And this whole conversation's being recorded, by the way. Well, look at the two of you. All proud of yourselves. In the meantime, that quantum chip will remain offline for, well, forever. We'll take our chances. I do... Let's see. I remember that it was 
I mean, he's Gideon saying that it's borrowed, but I'm like, basically, they were using this chip, and then when they found out that it was actually getting more info than Ian even realized, mm -hmm. then they decided, like, we're keeping this ship and we're not giving you the info that is being sent through this processor or whatever the fuck it is. This chip. So... You know, uh, Gideon saying, like, well, I let him borrow it, I let them borrow it, and then they won't give it back. I mean, I guess, like, I, I guess that's one way to put it, I suppose. <laughs> um, also, Ian, you've had so much time, like, I, I really hate that they've left magic in the dark this whole time. I, I really hate it, and I'm yeah. glad that it came out this episode, because it's just, it's really bothered me. And also, I know Jen has been telling Ian to tell Magic, but Jen could have just told Magic herself. So, anyway. Um, that's it, a- it's a problem on TV shows in- in every genre is, like, people just keep way too many secrets that it's, like, just fucking- one person just needs to say something. And in real life, not enough people can keep their mouth shut, so this wouldn't happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. People are just yeah. bad at keeping secrets. In, but in TV shows, they're amazing. They never say anything to anybody. <laughs> All right. I can tell you who doesn't like it, the Pentagon. They think that my tech is a very valuable, more valuable than all of you. I'm sorry to say. I love that line as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but Magic is like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to understand. And Gideon says that Ian stole the quantum chip, threatened uh, his representative, Simone. I do remember that. And that was super mm -hmm. fun. Uh, turned Rachel against him. I mean, and now he's like holding Rachel hostage. I don't even know. Poor Rachel looked like the most scared. Um, and continued to use his chip without his knowledge and without with and without magic's knowledge as well did i leave anything out ian ian cowers and says no uh gideon gets up and says he's got meetings but he trusts magic will sort all this out and just in case someone from the department of defense will arrive in the morning to take to make sure magic does i don't even know if i had put it together that tom was part of the department of defense <laughs> like i didn't i know tom was part of the government but i'm like i don't yeah. know what he's what part of the government he's in yeah um so there's there's that but uh that spoilers that's who ends up coming <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. so after Gideon, Gideon leaves, Magic is fucking pissed. As he should be. Mm -hmm. As he absolutely should. Because this is not just you not telling your boss something. That's, this is like someone who you help them like through even their like recovery from yeah. like a use disorder. Like this is, I would go as far to say, I don't like saying when, when, you know, places say workmates or you're like family no fuck that shit but they are as close to family on tv <laughs> as anybody yeah. and it's some bullshit that they left magic in the dark and absolutely he's fucking pissed off and he also probably knows like i don't know how i can help these people so um he tells ian to leave and log out of every terminal he instructs ian to speak to no one until after their meeting so Ian uh, leaves and is like practically in tears when Jen comes in. Magic tells her as well uh, and says this time there will be consequences he can't control. Jen tries to apologize, but Magic says get out of the office. I mean, fair. Like, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'm so upset over 
how all of this went down because it just didn't need to go down this way and it i yeah hate it it's, everything about this is dumb and yeah i mean it, it in the end when magic resigns i'm like maybe that's why they didn't give magic a lot of shit to do this season <laughs> i mean and that's the thing that's kind of over this episode it's like I, I, you know, and I wonder, like, is it because, you know, Ernie Hudson's, you know, off being a Ghostbuster? Um, <laughs> he's busting them ghosts. He ain't, ghosts. He's, he ain't got time listen, for this. Listen, he's, 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 bus- he's busting ghosts. And now he's got to do, uh, he's got to be busting ghosts, you know, um, doing a press tour for that. Maybe when they're supposed to be filming the next season. I don't know. Oh, yeah, true. Maybe. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, but I'm like, I... It's not like we just set all this up just to have an excuse to get Ernie Hudson off the show, because like no, cause we had we had, we've already had to wait for Ernie Hudson out of the show. Yeah. So I I don't know I don't know I don't know, but it's it's yeah yeah. Um, Ben talk yeah because I don't uh, clearly we uh just at, at this point of our recording we don't know if there is gonna be a season three yet nothing's been confirmed mm-hmm. um but if they do like I don't know maybe we'll know more after the next two episodes I would think but I don't know how they're planning on setting this up so I don't know if this is like a ruse to get magic out yeah. and then somehow in season three it's like a way to get him back in. I don't know. No clue. Uh, yeah, I got some I will we'll we'll get we'll yeah. get there when we sure. get there, but no. Yeah. Um, alright, so we're back in the leap. Ben is talking to Connie after the pumpkin story. <laughs> Well, they're going back to the news station. I just think the pumpkin story is funny. Anyway, he tells her that she is so much better than these small town stories. And she says that this is just who she is now. Um, Okay, you're in... It's Denver. First of all, it's not a small town. No, it's it's not. (laughs) First of all, a a TV reporter in the 80s is like a big deal. Like, like, that's a huge fucking thing. Yeah. Um, so Ben goes back to the van to get a tape he forgot. He, uh, hears something. I was like, is this a spooky ghost situation? Well, at first he says it's, he thinks it's Addison. And I'm like, Addison doesn't make a bunch of sounds when she comes in. Yeah, also, um, I noticed that because there was a shadow. And it's like, well, Addison doesn't have a shadow. (laughs) If the internet told me anything. Um... So he tries to go call Hannah. He gets an answering machine. Uh, he just hangs up and he is faced with a man wearing a ski mask holding up a gun. The man says, I want you to leave this story alone. Um, you know, he pulls trigger. There's no fire out of the gun. He said next time it won't be empty. Um, and he hits Ben with the gun, a.k.a. the pumpkin. <laughs> uh, well, how do you hit your head with a pumpkin? And how the hell do you hit your head on a pumpkin? <laughs> So funny. Love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's my favorite line in this episode. <laughs> that guy's amazing deliveries. I mean, he was amazing in Smart Guy, the show that oh. every millennial watched. <laughs> Man, we loved it. We were always watching that show. <laughs> uh, so while Ben and Connie talk about what happened to him in the parking garage, that's when Davidson <laughs> asks what was going on. And then we get the pumpkin line. Uh, <laughs> so good. And how the hell do you hit your head on a pumpkin? Uh, so, and yeah, of course, Davidson is like, oh, this is, this story does not add up. Um, Ben asks Connie what happened in New York, and she is just like, no, thank you. I don't feel like talking about that. (laughs) Um, so uh, he says, um, Ben asked, what if, what if this, uh, source that I have is the next Watergate? And she just rolls her eyes and says, yeah, every reporter wants a Watergate, but few, few want to do the work. She tells Ben to do the work, and maybe in a few years he'll get his big story. 
So is this like the path to become a an on-air personality is to be the cameraman first? <laughs> I, I swear at one point she also calls him the producer. I'm like, I... Oh, he calls himself a producer. Oh, he, okay. But, He's like, you're going to need a new producer. And, and I'm just like, that's not what you were doing though, right? Like, we're... Oh, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> this looks like, this guy looks very young. Like, he's a, he's a young camera guy. Um, now you've made yourself a fucking on-air producer? I mean, weird. <laughs> I mean, I know like, like, like newsroom, like, those titles are like slightly different. Sure, I guess. So like, it, uh, like a, a, like a, a producer at this level isn't necessarily, you know, but I, it is a jump. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild. I just, I was like, I can't keep track. I just assume he's just the cameraman. I don't know yeah, what's happening. He's a young, new, fresh-faced camera guy. Yeah. Um, so Addison comes in as, as Connie walks away, which is great because Ben can't seem to cloak his shit. So good thing Connie walked away. Seriously. Um, she says, why are you always covered in blood? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben shrugs this. I don't know. <laughs> See, look, Claire, I get that you don't, you didn't care for the writing for some weird reason in this episode. They had some amazing lines in this episode. Yeah. Um, the, the correct response should be, I don't know, maybe because my hologram wasn't oh, warning me about the seriously, guy about to hit me. Nobody was apparently watching me on the monitors that you guys only watch in awkward times. Um, <sighs> Sorry, it was Maduka's shift. <sighs> yeah. So Addison says she knows Ben's face and he's distracted. Um, she says that you're the best leaper I know. And I'm thinking, well, he's the only leaper that you really know. I mean, (laughs) well, I mean, you know, technically that was her job title. So she knows herself. (laughs) She knows him. She knows that guy that was trying to murder her. (laughs) That leaper X, you mean? Yeah. Um, she says, it's your job to remind Connie that she, she is- She Ian, who's, who's, uh, like transcended all of time and space or whatever. <gasps> is Ian Madam Web? <laughs> oh my god. His web connects us all. <laughs> Worldwide web. The internet. Computers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so Addison says, it's your job to remind Connie that she is a damn good journalist. Addison surprises Ben by saying that if she hadn't joined Project Quantum Leap, she wanted to be a journalist. Okay. Okay. Well, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> what she says is, if I wasn't here, I, I. She says, if I wasn't here, I would. I would want to be a journalist. Addison, if you weren't here, what you would be doing is training murderers for the United Thank States. Thank you. Yeah. Because that's what you were doing when you weren't there. Yeah. You were training people to murder on behalf of the United States. Is actively supporting a genocide. So, uh, yeah, that's what you would be doing. Yeah, no. I, I, when she had, when she had, hi, I can't speak. When she said that, I was like, what a fucking liar. Absolutely no way. No. Why? You would be teaching people how to murder people on behalf of the United States. And I will say, an unnecessary component to this episode, like to make Addison yeah. some wannabe journalist. Bullshit. Yeah, a- Addison wants to be a journalist. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So. Just like I want to fucking, I like I want to be a fucking uh, homesteader living in a cabin and, <laughs> and like farming my own food. Yeah, definitely. Uh. Definitely a thing that I would actually do in any reality. Yeah. Uh, so Connie's number one rule was do the work. So Addison said, then let's get to work. 
Um, so they get the whiteboard out, start piecing together clues. Ben says that uh, he he saw in the planner that a couple days ago on October 4th, his host met with a lawyer named Lloyd Kaplan. Ben begins looking through newsreels on a film projector. Uh, that's when he mentions the whole thing, like, can't Ziggy do this part for us? She says Ziggy is getting spotty info. Okay, I understand that for whatever reason, you know, plot convenience, uh, yeah, Ziggy absolutely. can't crunch everything. Addison, why don't you pull out your phone with Google and like... Thank you! Thank you! Like, you're looking into past shit. Hey, we can... Like, I know every website doesn't work anymore, like literally at all, <laughs> but there is one that works and it's called Wikipedia. It's the only thing on the internet that still works. <laughs> Google, nope. A uh, Twitter, nope. Uh, Wikipedia, definitely. God. I, uh, I just, I, <laughs> the way this, sh- I love this show, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But we are not in the original series. We don't have to 100% rely on Ziggy. Yeah. That's why, honestly, like, in a lot of ways, Ziggy being, like, the bad guy, quote unquote, in season one for a little bit didn't work either because it's like, just then don't i mean using ziggy to pinpoint ben sure i get it but anything else you don't have to use ziggy for (laughs) like i then ziggy won't know all the things that you're concerned about ziggy knowing ziggy should be working working on like time paradox problems like yeah what's like the old old days like it was like oh there's an 88 percent chance that if you do this this will happen yeah and we get that every once in a while but not nearly as as uh enough that we not i'm sorry i'm gonna just straight out tell you guys i've been up since 2 30 this morning so my words are not coming out today um yeah ziggy uh with this spotty info is some bullshit i don't understand Mm -hmm. i don't get it this Mm -hmm. is the biggest plot convenience in the world but that's every episode at this point with ziggy and i feel like they're almost downplaying ziggy being a thing like they maybe bring ziggy up like once an episode like yeah the 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 thing this show has done like they've i think they've written themselves into two big problems yeah uh, one is the fact that, like, yeah, pretending Ziggy's their only resource. Yeah. And two, uh, again, that being able to monitor things. Because, like, there's there's no reason Ben should ever get hit in the head. No. When someone could be like, hey, he's right behind you. <laughs> like, okay, like, why can't they, like, intercom into the fucking imaging chamber? Like, yeah. Put a speaker in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, and they also just do not use the fa- like. We know that multiple people now can be in the imaging chamber, and yeah. the fact that they don't use that more often when they might need it, like oh. say later when he's looking at a fucking safe and Addison is trying to help him with the safe, and someone else could either be looking at the monitor or be in the imaging chamber, going, "Hey guys, someone's coming." Yeah, like I just you- don't get it. <laughs> No, there should be, like, they should have put some kind of limiter on that, like, yeah. I don't know, maybe there's a reason, like, it, people can't be in there. Maybe it's, like, I don't know, maybe to be able to communicate, you it's you need to, like, inject yourself with a chemical or something. Like, you, like, there's a reason. There has to, you can't just have, like, everybody able to be in there, they may be able to watch everything in there. Like, it's too, like, it creates too many plot holes. Yeah, or, or even if it's, like, you have to hold hands with the person or touch them at yeah. all times or whatever, like, yeah. That was great back in the old days. Yeah. That was that's how it yeah, worked. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Why didn't that stick around? Because then it's kind of like, 
awkward and not actually helpful because then the two people have to be like right next to each other. Yeah. So, um, but they didn't do that with this version of the show and n- now I just wonder why they don't use it more. Mm-hmm. Plus, I like multiple people being in the imaging chamber. I like it. Absolutely. Um, but then you gotta get rid of all the shadows. It's so much extra work. <laughs> Lots of extra work. Yeah. So, um, CGI on all the shadows. After saying that, uh, you know, she wanted to be a journalist, liar, liar, pants on fire, Ben actually asks, why didn't I know about that? And uh, she says, I'm allowed to have secrets. <laughs> Which I actually liked that lot. I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah. Ben says, you still surprise me. And they have like heavy eye contact for a while. Like an uncomfortable amount of time. Uh, they find a few more connections and Addison leaves to get more coffee. She and Ben are connecting again. And it's just so much coffee is connecting them. Um... So we are back in Project Quantum Leap. As she comes out of the imaging chamber, Addison sees Ian pass by, tries to talk to them and see if they're okay. And Ian walks away without saying a word. Uh, So from behind her in the control room, she hears uh, they can't speak to you. And it's Tom who advises her that uh, he is the DOD representative that has been sent to handle Gideon Ridge's complaint. So this is, I guess, must be the next day because the DOD person. Okay. Uh, I got a call at three in the morning asking me to burn Quantum Leap to the ground. So she says, Tom, you have to help us. And then Ziggy starts dinging and she's like, sorry, Ben needs me. He like he says something like he says something about like uh, um, she's like, isn't that a conflict of interest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, uh, well, you know, they, they don't know about a relationship. No, no. Do, do, what about the conflict of interest that like you're in charge of quantum? Like, you're over magic. Yeah. They established that already. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not a p- impartial DOD person. Yeah. He's like, this is like his project. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, the conflict of interest is that you're dating someone who reports to someone that you're <laughs> that he reports to yeah. you. Like, that's actually the conflict of interest. Like, what yeah, is the paperwork the, you guys had to fill out for that? <laughs> yeah, they, they act like he's not. Like, he's there because he. It, this is he, under his command. Yeah, he, magic reports to him. Yeah. It makes sense that the DOD would send him. Yeah, <laughs> but they act like like it was like a fluke. Like I don't I don't know. Like. Does anybody understand what's happening? Like, what's going on? No. Tom, least of all. (laughs) Seriously. Tom, Tom does not have a clue what's happening. The only person that knows less about what's going on than Tom is the writers, I feel like. (laughs) Um, so as she walks back to the imaging chamber, she asks Tom to go easy on Ian. I mean, which, like... You were concerned about a conflict of interest. You can't ask him to do anything like that. Like, you have to just let him do his fucking job. Like, (laughs) the conversation you're having with him now is a conflict of interest. Like, yeah. Also, it's implied. He knows what's, he knows what's up. Like, like, yeah, he's like, you're, of course, he's. Yeah, I I, I do like, like when he talks to magic later, like we get that coming back of like Tom realizing how important Ian is to all of this. And, and you know like just understanding the the whole thing because tom is the one that brought like the latest and greatest info to project quantum leap yeah. like he's heavily involved like he gets it so anyway um so addison uh, comes back to see ben that he's fallen asleep oh, uh-oh 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 i got a goof <gasps> i got a goof i see a fucking shadow what first Gross. of all i can't believe you saw a shadow 
Worst, wor- worst episode, Does that zero mean out of ten. Six more, failure. Six more weeks of winter. Like I don't know what that. Oh, Addison has a shadow. Can't believe it. The show falls apart now. <laughs> oh my god. Um, is it just me or is Addison like super cash this episode too? Like her her outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like she's really like just chilling. She's it's a it's a cozy leap. It, it is it is a very cozy leap. And then she comes in with the coffee. I'm like, oh, this is very cozy. Uh, huh. So Ben has discovered that a man whose name kept coming up in the files, Chet Barlow, is the CEO of a company called Herbicore. But Ben can't find anything else on him. Addison digs into the name and discovers that Herbicore changed their name in a few years and produces a weed killer that sickens and kills thousands of people in the future. He goes to Connie with this information and they watch a promotional video, which is my favorite fucking thing. So good. (sighs) This, This promotion, like... I want the outtakes of this promotional video. I want extended scenes. I want uh-huh. other commercials they've done. <laughs> Chet and uh, is like such an ass. <laughs> and I love it so much. Yeah, he's great. So yes, their tagline is at Herbicore, we Herbicare. Because at Herbicore, we Herbicare. And he's doing this while shaking the hands of an old man farmer <laughs> wearing a suit. Him and his brother both look like the most like like uh, ambulance chasing lawyers. <laughs> they look like uh, Ben wonders if Chet knows his product kills. Connie says um, that, uh, you know, well, how the fuck do you know? <laughs> He responds that a source claims that over the next several decades, the product could cause thousands of cancer case- cases. Connie runs a trace on the phone, the payphone Ben used at the beginning of the leap to find out the mysterious caller. Like, Connie just has all the all the things. She knows all the things. Um, and I love her. Uh, <laughs> I discover that the source is the CEO's brother, Robbie, who is also in that commercial, but kind of like cut out. <laughs> Oh, there's a great bit where he, like, steps forward like he's about to speak in the commercial. (laughs) It's so good. And Chet just talked right over it. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah, it's... uh, And this background, the background, they have this mountain. (laughs) It's it's amazing. Like, I love it. It's great. It's great. Uh, Claire, how did you not love this commercial? (laughs) Um, Alright, so Connie says that Robbie must be the whistleblower and is too scared to talk. So she reached out to, um, so he reached out to news station. She suggests that they go and find Robbie and Addison helps locate all the likely lunch places around the Herbicore office. Uh, Davidson stops by and asks Ben, how's the head? (laughs) Does he speak? Every line he says is great. I fucking love him. Um, How do you get his head on a problem? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, because Connie just speaks right right over Ben. Because uh, Ben can't handle his shit. Like, Connie can already tell. No. Like, besides the fact that he's in the body of a young cameraman, like, Connie could tell, like, this dude is not, he's, he doesn't have it together, so. Um, so he folds, oh, yeah, I love that too, because, uh, once Davidson says, does he speak, Connie says, oh, he just likes staying behind the camera, and Ben just folds his arms, (laughs) like, yep, (laughs) and just makes his head. (laughs) Um, he asks what they're up to, and Connie says, nothing, 
And, uh, yeah, Davidson just walks away, because he's, he's thinking, like, nope, I'm gonna nope my way right out of this. I don't know, I don't think I want to know what's happening. Love it. I love it. Uh, Connie says that they should keep the story between them for now. Connie and Ben find Robbie outside at lunchtime. He asks how they found out who the caller was. Robbie says that he will speak with them off the record. And they're- Curly-haired weirdo number two. Oh my god, the curliest of hairs. So curly. <laughs> it's, it's rough, guys. Yeah. Um, if it was raining when they filmed this, every the frizziness that would have been on Oof. set, <laughs> they Oof. wouldn't have been able to tame it. Um, I can smell the perm uh, chemicals. Yeah. Uh, so their product had produced lung tumors in lab rats they tested, um, but they tested it on farmers anyway. There's a memo that uh, did the math, apparently. Uh, pulling the product is expensive. It's cheaper to settle with any potential victims. Um, just fucking terrible. Just, I hate it so much. Uh, Robbie is very nervous to be seen with Ben, especially since his brother Chet now knows that uh, what Ben looks like from his meeting with the Kaplan lawyer recently. Robbie says he's been uh, seeing people disappear and that they need a smoking gun. Otherwise, Herbicore gets EPA approval and they'll go to market at the first of the month. So they're like on a quick timeline here. Robbie gets in the car and drives away with a license plate. Of course, we need to see the license plate that comes back, but it's got the Herbicore license plate. Connie says uh, he's right. They need evidence. And Ben notes that Robbie called their product Herbicore and remembers the name from the pumpkin uh, farmer's report. And he's like, I know where we can get the evidence. So Ben warns Steve and says, hey, your wife is like fucking sick. Ben comes on real strong with Steve. (laughs) He comes on like an absolute fucking lunatic. Like, zero cloak, <laughs> just, like, guns blazing. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, practically runs into them. Um, I will say Connie's outfit is terrible here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's such a nightmare. I was like, oh, girl, you look good earlier. I don't know what, what they did to you. They really 80s you'd up this uh, for this one. It's not good. Um, also... <laughs> What is this wife's name? Whatever her name is. She also is just like the most 80s like pregnant woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thankfully Connie is there because she smooths everything over and says like I've- By talking like a human. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing crazy. She doesn't do anything crazy or she's not lying to them. She's not doing anything like out of the ordinary. She's just talking to them like a person- that's it. Unlike Ben, who, yeah, I don't know what Ben was thinking. And Ben and Addison are like, wow, she's amazing. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, Ben, you came in like you were ready to murder them if they didn't help you. You, like, they got out of their truck and you started raving about fucking soil samples and cancer <laughs> and chemicals. Like, you fucking came out of the gate like Alex Jones. <laughs> Yeah, he was definitely going to start talking about lizard bull next. Oh, yeah. Um, I need your soil samples because you're turning frogs gay and you got to stop using the herbivore because <laughs> that's the... Ah. <laughs> yep. So um, because of Connie, they're able to get soil samples. And um, Connie's also going to give the wife like the number of a, a really good doctor to... Oh, meet up with. Uh, while they're there, Connie gets a call about a big accident downtown and Davidson wants her to cover it. 
Uh, so they get to the scene and discover the car explosion has happened and all they found was the remains of a wallet and a watch. That already, like, mm-hmm. super sus. <laughs> yeah, if there's still parts of a car there, but not bones. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was too much car to not have bones. <laughs> the body didn't just evaporate and leave the car. They got- Wait, did someone snap and then, like, he disappeared? Seriously. Like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, looks like we got another one of those Thanos crashes. <laughs> uh, so, as they're filming, for a moment, I was like, are they live streaming this? I don't think you could do that in the 80s. But, like, when we see it later, like, the video of it, I was like... What is this? Uh, but it's just the, the tape that Ben has. So Ben notes that the uh, license plate is the Herbicore license plate, so it's Robbie's. And Connie freezes on camera. She walks away from the scene and says, I'm sorry, I can't do this again. Uh, at the station, Connie tells Davidson, Davidson she's done. And she reveals that this isn't the first time a source has died because of her. In tears, she explains that in New York, she forced a guy to talk before he was ready and he killed himself. Ugh, poor Connie. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know what you did to force someone to to do that, but maybe this was already on their mind. Like, she's taking a lot on herself. And also she's, like, blaming herself for this. I mean, we know Robbie's not dead. But blaming herself for Robbie, too, that, like, I mean... (laughs) And I mean, even if Robbie had died, like, I think the world's a better place without Robbie. Like, nobody needs that curly-haired weirdo. No, Like, he's just a rich, like, douchebag guy that was was okay with signing off on exactly death. Yeah. Until he eventually got a little bit of a conscience about it. Yeah. Well, that's just because Connie's that good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, clearly. She she gave that man a conscience. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, even if he had died, it's like... Well, don't blame yourself. Like, blame Chet, because clearly he would have yeah. been the reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So back at Project Quantum Leap, Ian gives Tom uh, their official statement. Wright tells Tom that they are really sorry. And Tom asks Ian why they didn't uh, tell him when he asked about the emer- the energy spikes. And this was like toward the beginning of the season for a second. I was like, I didn't oh, know right. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know you. I didn't trust you. Like, you were the government coming in to Project Quantum Leap. Like, mm. um, the pro- Your voice is too soft. It's unsettling. Yeah. Like, I- Seems like you're hiding something. <laughs> like, Jeremy Sisto. <laughs> right? <laughs> I- Just so everyone knows, I did Google and nothing came up for Jeremy Sisto. Great. I'm so. glad. I'm glad. Not saying- He plays- He plays an amazing creep. Yeah. He plays not- an amazing creep. I'm glad to know he's not a creep in life. But again, is anyone going to be surprised, no, though? No, no, That's the thing. There's so many That's people that I'm like, mm, I'm just waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the programmer, uh, the programmer, Ian. Ian explains that Quantum Leap, why are you doing this to me, transcript? I can't deal with this today. Just tell me. <laughs> just tell me who's speaking. Uh, the programmer explains. <laughs> God damn it. Ian explains that The programmer. <laughs> Wild. I mean, they they called Ian Wright earlier. Wright tells Tom. I know that that's Ian's last name, but like, why call Ian by their last name? We don't ever call him by mm, their last no. name. No. Uh, okay. Ian explains. Madam Webb. Madam <laughs> Webb explains. Yeah. 
Uh, Madam Web explains that Quantum Leap <laughs> was shut down once before and they were afraid of losing Ben again. Tom says that he understands why Ian did it, but it doesn't change what he has to do now. Um, he doesn't have the authority to fire Ian. I don't know why he doesn't have the authority to fire Ian, but anyway. Uh, but Gideon yeah. wants his like, he, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, He's in he charge. Does. I think they want us to forget that Tom is in charge. I swear the writers forgot what they wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, sorry, getting a little update. Um, sorry. Uh, so, uh, I like this part. I like that Ian says, I'm not going to fucking apologize for trying to save my friend. Sorry, not going to do it. Yeah. Um, no, and I love I love that like, Ian gets really like, listen, everybody else gave up. Yep. And I, like, I was like, no. Because like, uh, yeah, if like any of us were like trapped out there, somebody you would want somebody to be doing this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, and and I like this line that Ian says, I am so tired of feeling ashamed for doing the right thing. Also, bravo actor playing Ian. We don't get to see like this much passion. We haven't yeah. got to see this much passion from you for a bit and I miss it because you yeah. do excellent. They are great. Yeah. Um and I <laughs> I like when in like storms out and says and make sure that's in my statement <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> yeah because tom's like you don't want to say this it's like all right well tom you could also just do whatever the f- no one else is in there with you yeah like write whatever the fuck you think makes sense anyway since apparently tom, stop, stop being a bitch for hr yeah, like since get a, out of here since apparently you're not allowed to fire anyone for some reason i don't know <laughs> uh, addison arrives to find ben having a swig of whiskey <laughs> poor ben is like just such a sad sack right now uh mm. addison tells ben that she and tom got engaged and unengaged and you know it doesn't have anything to do with ben and she just says, um, I've been re- in reaction mode for a long time. I like uh, this scene, too. I really <laughs> like when Addison is sharing with Ben, like, look, I I just have not dealt or processed all of this shit that I have been through in the last couple of years. Yeah. And um, so, uh, and I thought she did a really good job at that uh, in the scene as well. So she says that, uh, you know, her helping, like, she's starting to remember that being part of Quantum Leap was to help people, and that's who she is, and that's her purpose. And Ben says, yeah, I thought that was my purpose too, but in the end, I couldn't help Josh, and I got Robbie killed. Mm, poor Ben. Ben, you actually didn't get Robbie killed, but anyway. And you did help Josh, so anyway. <laughs> also, again, the world would be perfectly fine if Robbie died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Proven by the fact that when Robbie fakes his death, like, he never resurfaces and the world doesn't miss him. No, no, because Madison <laughs> says in the original timeline, he dies too. And I'm like, so he just gets away in the original timeline as well. Because nobody goes looking for him ever because nobody cares. Got it. Um, so Ben realizes something is off. Um... So we then we get this flashback. I don't know if it was necessary for us to see Robbie take off his watch and wallet to throw it in the car, but I love no, that they because gave I'm it like, to us. How did no one like clock the guy running away from the exploding car? <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, the very suspicious curly-haired man running away from the car that just exploded. No one, no one saw that. No one saw that. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, so funny. And this is so like, like when that stupid. guy, <laughs> like when that guy in the middle of New York, um, was like throwing like explosives, dressed up like Spider Man, like twenty years before Spider Man <laughs> was Spider Man, and like. Uh, but Madam Web took care of that. Guys, everyone see a uh, blockbuster hit movie, Madam Web. It exists. Yeah. Her web does connect us all. <laughs> uh, ben goes to Connie and tells her that Robbie faked his death and they still have a story. Uh, Connie says it doesn't even matter anymore. Ben convinces her. I know you, you want to give up on yourself, but I can't let you do that because this is your purpose. Sometimes things don't go the way that we want them to. People leave us. People die. But that doesn't mean you stop trying to do the right thing. The story's worth it, Connie. You're worth it. <laughs> Big Connie pep talk. <laughs> and uh, it changes her because they do try and go find Robbie. Um, back at Project Quantum Leap, Magic meets with Tom and says, so is this the end of Quantum Leap? Tom says no. That he convinced Ridge the program is worth saving, but someone still has to go. Tom says it should be Ian, but it can't be Ian because they need them at Quantum Leap to work on the DARPA code. Um, How did he convince them, like, Ridge... To, like, keep... Because I we don't know how much, like, Gideon Ridge knows about what's going on in Quantum Leap. Correct. Assuming that, you know, Gideon Ridge is not another character that we've already met. <laughs> um, like, assuming he doesn't know, or at least is playing as though he doesn't know what Quantum Leap is. Like, what I... How do you convince without saying it's a time travel project that helps people? Yeah. So it's real good. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, like, let's be clear, like, it's a time travel project that helps people, but we've already lost one and basically two leapers. The the two times we tried this project, those people have not come back, and they didn't necessarily sign up to not come back, so yeah. maybe this should be worked on a little bit first. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I think still, like, you know... Look, the overall. like the return is is you know solid. You like you've lost two people uh, versus saved. Yeah, you know. sure. I I Cost just benefit analysis. I, it's a real good deal. I just feel like maybe consent is a problem here. That's oh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely. Um, but when is when is the American government ever given a fuck? Very true. Um. um yeah, and it's weird because you would think Gideon would actually want to know for a fact, like, you're firing Ian. But the way Tom puts it is that, like, we just need to let somebody go. I'm like, do you see these other randos walking the fuck around? Like, get, like I mean, like, if, the, if, if Gideon doesn't care enough to hear the words that Ian is being fired, then... What is- well, because, like, it, and again, I'm still playing off the idea that Gideon is, like, yeah, sure. this is part of something sure. bigger and would probably Hannah's son. But if he's not, if he's not, then this is just, like, a rich guy having a little hissy fit. This is just Elon Musk Absolutely. that's angry, like, you know, that he got slighted and therefore is, you know, coming after them, which is possible, but... I just, I can't, I can't. Like, it's a TV show. Like, there's no way. Well, they kind of made him seem Musk-ish, especially when he, you know, sits in Magic's chair, but also when he leaves and he's like, "Mm, I've got to go to meetings or lunches or something. Like, just the the way that they have, like... He's he's Lex Luthor, like, you know, Elon Musk, like, Mark Zuckerberg. So it's kind of, and I almost wonder if they're just kind of playing it that way, so that way it's like, which Whichever way they want to go with this, they yeah. can do that. Um, 
So Magic says, are you asking me to fire Jen? Tom responds that he wants Magic to do whatever he thinks is right. Ian and Jen, they stood by me through my darkest days. They're family to me, Tom. There's no quantum leap without them. And at that point, I said, I'm well, sorry. then Magic can go. <laughs> Yeah. Because I mean, at the end of the day, he's the boss. I mean, right? Yeah. And they, he didn't even know what was going on in his own project. That's a problem. I, so I got, like, almost quasi-spoiled, like, right before I watched this episode. Oh, whoa. Um, because I didn't watch it live. I ended up watching it the next night. Um, and, like, I was, I was just, like... As I was like downloading the episode, I, I just saw some article that was like, um, original um, Quantum Leap uh, cast member leaves leaves the series. Oh my gosh. Um, it just like is a headline and you know, who knows if that headline's even real. I never even looked back to see what that article was. It was probably bullshit. Uh, <laughs> like as all articles about any fucking TV show are. Uh, but I was like, oh wow. So I just had that in my head going into this. And I was like, well, like, I mean, I, like, I don't know. I feel like they keep trying to get rid of magic, so it's possible. So I kind of had that in my head that somebody was going to be yeah. at least, you know, quasi-leaving. Um, And maybe that played into it because this, the whole time I was like, well, I mean, obviously it should be magic. But at this, but then at this point I was like, well, they can't get rid of Ian, so that would be dumb. And But they had me for a bit. Like, for a minute I was like, are they really going to get rid of Jen? That would be some bullshit. So I also thought they were going to get rid of Jen, but I said, like, I said it out loud was why doesn't magic just leave like yeah so i but so i was all ready to be like very angry that they were getting rid of jen (laughs) absolutely so i was pleasantly surprised and then thought to myself oh okay I guess I figured it out. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. when you think through it, it's very obvious. There's no other way it's, around yeah, it. But... It's, it's very obvious. I think I was just kind of second and third guessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, and we'll get to that scene. Cause it's, I, yeah, I, I got some questions, yep. but, um, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So at the, but also why not get rid of it? Like it, you just need like to fire somebody like, what about any of those randos? That's, yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Around? Like, literally, if they didn't need to give Gideon Ridge a name, because he like clearly didn't care. Bring if it in was Paul Ian. F. Tompkins. <laughs> let him do one hour of just having his little banker's box with his plant and his little miniatures, <laughs> and like Maduka. I'm sorry to no, see you go. No, he gets like two lines. Notice I have not once said that they needed to let Maduka go because absolutely not. <laughs> I just want Paul F. Tompkins to get a paycheck. <laughs> I love them. I would love him to be a regular, but you know, us. I would also love. I would love they have to fire Maduka, but then they have to keep going to him. So we cut to like Maduka, like in a Hawaiian shirt, like you know, retired. <laughs> but they keep needing his expertise, oh. which is what I could see them doing with Magic going forward, just calling on him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, there's just too much history with Magic and Project Quantum Leap. Like, yeah. Um. So at the motel, Ben and Connie locate Robbie with Addison and Ziggy's help. And that's very funny. I love when he sees them. Yeah, because he just comes around the corner and he's just like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's the saddest sack just standing there. <laughs> um, so Robbie talks with them and says that they have a shot at stopping the product from going to market with the soil samples they really need hard evidence that Chet Barlow knew it was dangerous. Uh, so Ben says, we need a smoking gun. And I was like, here comes that memo. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all they need. 
and asks Robbie if he has it, and Robbie acknowledges that yes, there's a memo, of course, stating that they knew about the dangers, and uh, Robbie says it has the signatures. It's got Robbie's signature on it as well, which would destroy him. Um, which I'm just like, well, Robbie, if you already faked your death, like... <laughs> I mean, doesn't that, like, help you, though? It's like, I had to fake my death to get away from my brother because he was going to kill me if I, you know, exposed this. Like, you're good. Yeah. Like, you got a reporter there that knows how to talk to people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's her magic power, apparently. Like, do some spin. Yeah. So Connie says uh, she isn't going to push Robbie to do anything he doesn't want to do. But uh, she tells him, no matter how far you run, you're never going to be able to run away from yourself. Uh, So Robbie tells her that the memo, like, Robbie has a change of heart immediately because it's Connie talking, obviously. Uh, Robbie tells her that the memo is in the safe in Chet's office. Uh, Connie meets with, uh, so they set up this whole operation. This was like, I love this little, like, mini, uh, like, situation that they've set up for Connie to come and interview Chet and Davidson, Sarah's a cameraman. This is so good. So when they're doing like the like the the walking towards the office, yeah, because Addison's walking with them even though she's a hologram, and I thought like this because this is always like the problem with like the hologram and like the same thing with like like the Star Trek holodeck, like that room isn't as big as reality. No, so I, I just want Addison <laughs> to like have to like like walk into a wall. <laughs> Because clearly she's got to reset at some point and like, you know. She just walks back and forth and then so she's walking the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. You, you, like It's like uh, like when you use the Oculus, there's like a button to like recenter. Yeah. You like need to like move around because your home is only so large. Like that's a thing you got to be able to have. And that's always the thing with like the Star Trek holodeck are the holograms on this show. It's like you don't have that much. You've only got as big as the room is. Maybe she's just like walking on a treadmill. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. <laughs> and I I need to see it. We need to see it happen. Uh, yeah. I, I would love that if they were just like, yeah, that's how this works. They're on a treadmill or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would love it so much. And you know what? I gotta be honest. Not that it's a bad outfit. I just don't like Addison in a cash outfit. I, I like her more yeah. put together. I'm gonna say it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Connie's color combo, though. Oh, God. So 80s. <laughs> Um, the, cause it's like the, the blue suit and the red-ish, like, brick red top. It's, uh, yeah. Um, alright, so the whole setup is that Connie is going to interview Chet and, uh, about, like, what's happening with, uh, Urbicor. And, um, of course, Chet is all about it because he's going to be on camera. So, uh, she also tells, um chat that like brian the original cameraman that he would have i guess known suddenly quit and that something must have spooked him because you know something like a mass man hitting you with a gun with a pumpkin um davidson acts as the producer slash cameraman for their interview producer slash cameraman anyway (laughs) meanwhile Ben uses Robbie's access card to get into Chet's office, and they locate the safe, and Addison uses the hand link to get a close-up view for Jen, who is helping them from the control room. See, this is when I thought they were gonna it was gonna be one of those situations where they're like in process of cracking the code and like magic is gonna be like, hey Jen, yeah. I gotta yeah. I gotta pull you in the office. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I mean, you know, convenient, but they let Jen finish this little piece yeah. out. Because we've done that bit before already. Absolutely. So, um, you know, 
Uh, so Jen uh, figures out that this uh, thing has a design flaw and they just need to leverage the door by hitting it really hard above the dial. I love that. Uh, so convenient. I love It's good. Good. Doesn't need to be crazy. Doesn't need to be this big safe cracking mission. Yeah. And I love Jin was all ready to like start like figuring out how to oh, yeah. like you know crack it, and she's like, "Oh no, just hit it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. This is easy." And I love that Ben just like immediately just he she says hit it, and he's he just looks around, grabs an award trophy off the desk, <laughs> and starts hitting it. Whereas Addison's even looking at like, "What the fuck has just happened right now?" <laughs> Um, so she hits it, uh, or he hits it a couple times, and the door pops open. Ben gets the documents out of the safe and says that it's just like Robbie said, of course. <laughs> this one memo that's that's in the safe. <laughs> Seriously. A voice behind him and Addison says, I thought Robbie was dead. And security guard, Wyatt Lee Smith. And he's holding a gun to Ben, and, uh... Ben says, I almost didn't recognize you without your ski mask, but I recognize your voice and your gun. And Wyatt says, this time it's loaded. Uh, so he says, Ben tells Ben to hand it over and Ben refuses and then starts calling him by his name, which kind of freaks him out. <laughs> and I love that the only thing Addison can find about him <laughs> is that his mom is into backgammon. <laughs> That's it's great. like some champion backgammon something or other. Because, like, yeah, like, some rando security guard, like, from the 80s. Yeah. Like, how much information can you really find out about somebody like that? Yeah. I'm shocked she knew his name, like, to be honest. Yeah. And, um, and I like that Ben just immediately is like, unless you want your mom seeing your face on the news after her backgammon game tonight, I suggest you lower the gun. So good. <laughs> Uh, so Wyatt is appropriately freaked out and lowers the gun <laughs> and Ben knocks him out. <laughs> Fucking love it. Uh, Connie is still interviewing Chet because that's her job is to just keep him talking. And Ben like kind of like comes in to, to focus a little bit and is like waving a little document from the safe. Uh, and Connie starts wrapping it up, and uh, Addison says that it's almost like Addison is already ending the episode. She's like, Addison reports the EPA gets a soil sample and evidence, and Herbicore never goes to market. <laughs> Robbie starts working for the EPA. I wouldn't trust that shit. Anyway, um, so Ben asks about Connie, and Addison tells him to see for himself. So Connie asks Chet on camera about Herbicore. Or Herbicrop, sorry. Herbicrop at this point. It becomes Herbicore. Um, she asks him if he has met the farmer, and Chet says, no, not yet. But as we we like to say around here, when it comes to farmers, we Herbicare. <laughs> Chet is so into himself. I love it so much. I love but I love she turns it back. Oh, yeah. Well, did you Herbicare? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you Herbicare that your product likely gave his wife lung cancer? <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> Uh, so Ben comes in and hands the document to Connie, and she reads the memo out loud, incriminating Chet. <laughs> and then Ben leaps. <laughs> um, like the way the way she grabs his hand, I'm like, are they gonna fuck? Like, what's happening? Oh yeah, yeah. I was really expecting Adam to say, oh yeah, and then they got together. It's <laughs> a real tale of true love, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but this actor that plays Chet as well is amazing. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, he's absolutely great. Um. So Addison had no problem now telling Ben, like, briefly, high level, like, me and Tom got engaged and now we're not engaged. 
but she doesn't tell Ben all the shit that's happening at Project Quantum Leap. Because yeah. again, they've still kept the info from him about potentially finding a way to get him home. Because, you know, yeah. whatever. They just determined, no, we're not doing that for whatever reason. Um, So they haven't told him that. And now, like, they're not telling him any of this shit? Like, what's happening? Like, with Ian and Jen? and Because at this point, Addison doesn't know what's happening either. But she absolutely yeah. I mean- knows, like, Ian had to go talk to you know tom and all of this shit but anyway i mean i i guess like it's just like yeah i don't know what maybe don't until you actually know I something guess. like i suppose no need to like you know keep him in on the local goings on ins and outs of the fucking <sighs> shit but that's his bestie like i don't know anyway yeah anywho uh back at project quantum leap we've got addison watching on the tablet the recording of connie's report on herbicore and Tom rounds the corner of the hallway and says, sounds like a happy ending. She asks him how it went with the investigation. And Tom, it says that magic has a choice to make. So do you. Tom. <laughs> yeah, she already decided. What I'm more confused about is like, so is Addison still living at Tom's place? Because I, she offered to go stay with Jen. Yeah. And Tom was like, no, no, you stay in my place. It's fine. Yeah. Because he, he like, was he was going to D.C. Like, he was basically just going to stay in D.C., but clearly he's back. So, like... Yeah, so when's he, she getting her shit out of his place? Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure she gets paid enough that she could just go get her own fucking place. But anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> um... So, uh, Addison says that she's sorry and, um, kind of basically says, yeah, we're, we're done. Uh, Tom is super sad about it. And he adds, uh, you know what's funny? Working with time travel has made me believe in fate. Oh, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) They really give him the worst shit. (laughs) Yeah, he has to say a lot of corny (laughs) shit. He really does. Um, we started dating because you lost Ben, then Ian found Ben, and I ended up here. I think we were meant to be together, and I think we were meant to break up. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um. I still think, I still believe that you're meant to be sacrificed to time. That's what I, like, you know, Tom doesn't know this, but Addison breaking up with him saved his life. (laughs) So... We'll see. Um, I'm not sold yet. <laughs> so he goes toward the elevator and Addison follows him, giving him a goodbye embrace. He says, uh, you take care of yourself and you bring, or he says, you take care of yourself and you bring Ben home. Uh, Jen goes into Magic's office. Magic says Gideon Ridge has agreed to drop all charges. He's letting Quantum Leap use his trip, his chip provisionally. Uh, Jen is shocked and says, that's great. He says, someone has to take the fall for what happened. Jen asks, is he firing Ian? Magic says, I can't fire Ian. We need them to bring Ben home. Jen says, oh my god, am I fucking being fired? (laughs) Which is also what I was concerned for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Magic says, I know your heart was in the right place. I'm sorry I have to do this, but Gideon Ridge wants a head on a platter, so I'm giving him mine. Effects. Okay, Magic, (laughs) Magic. What are you doing? Like, oh my god, am I being fired? Listen, Gideon Ridge wants a head on a platter. He should have just said, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you fucking drama queen. (laughs) What are you doing, sir? (laughs) 
Why are you gonna, like, dangle that over somebody like that? You, I mean, I know. I know it's a TV show. I know that we're just doing this for dramatic tension. I get it. But you're being a dick to your friend right now. <laughs> your quote-unquote family. Ugh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he ends up with saying that he's resigning from Project Quantum Leap. There's some dramatic music and fade to black. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, again, it just it does it does make sense that maybe maybe Ernie Hudson's too busy being a Ghostbuster. I don't know if he's really leaving the show for real, for real. But I could see him being, you know, an occasional like guest star. And just not on the show, you know, weekly anymore. Okay. I could see, you know, I could see that. I could also see a scenario where this gets resolved next in the next two episodes. Like, something happens and he they have to bring him back in. Like, you know, like, time travel shit happens. And either we do something so Gideon Ridge isn't a dick. Yeah. Because something happens with him and his mom or whatever, question mark, we'll see. Um, yeah. And that just doesn't happen. Or maybe Tom sacrifices himself to time. <laughs> and now that Tom's not in charge of Quantum Leap, maybe magic has to take over and be in the Tom role now. I don't know. I, there's a million ways around it, but... I don't... I, look, I don't have anything against Tom. The, it, he, he's corny as fuck. I just feel like he needs to go ahead and, and just... You know, he believes in fate now, so his fate is for him to die. That's that's what it is. Sorry, Tom. That's just yeah. how it works. I do not like the idea of him completely taking, like, Magic's position, especially if we're going no. to this whole place of... They really did say that Magic reported to Tom, and now yeah. he kind of doesn't. I don't know when that demotion happened. Um, so, uh, so if he comes over and takes Magic's place, I don't think I would like that. No, I think I think if if they try to do that in the next two episodes, then Tom definitely is sacrificed to time by the end of those two episodes. Yeah, I think if they try to bring a new a new character in to like be the new magic, I think that's wild, and I can't imagine we would do that at the end of the season. No, I I can't see that either. I... So I feel like either like this gets resolved through time travel shit. Yeah. Our magic's just gone. We just have a smaller cast now, which, you know, we have a pretty big cast. Yeah. Yeah, we do. To also be able to be doing these, you know, you know, story of the week episodes, there's a lot of cast that we got to deal with back at Quantum Leap. So I could see reducing that. And I could also see that Ernie Hudson is, you know, being a busy man, being a Ghostbuster. Yeah. So. I love him so much. I just, I don't want to see him go. But also it's like, oh God, know. that guy is, he, like... He's he's gonna work till he's no longer with us. Like that's just yeah. gonna be what Ernie Hudson is doing because that guy is constantly doing something. So and, yep. and rightfully so, he's amazing. Um, so I I could see them not. Uh, well, no, knowing knowing the show and knowing writers, <laughs> as we've seen, we've watched many TV programs. I actually could see them replacing him with Tom, and I'm not happy about it, and I don't like that idea. But Tom can't fill the magic role. No, like he can't. And <gasps> also, we've we've done the Tom story okay. now. I'm sorry, we've done A, B, and C. It's done. Okay, okay, like, okay. Tom, what if? What if? What if? Um, what if somehow? Gideon ends up taking Magic's place. He has weaseled his way in. 
Uh He's already in with Pentagon, and this was always his plan because he's Hannah's son. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that. I think that's that's possible. I think. Yeah, whatever happens, the next few episodes, I feel like time, tra- I feel like he could be one of the situations where he gets reset by time travel. Yeah. And he's not such a dick. Yeah. Or uh, we find out why he's such a super dick. <laughs> so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's it's very possible. Like, because again, that's a solid character actor we've yeah, got. And absolutely. I wouldn't mind keeping him. Yeah. And I can't. I, I, and because he is like, as far as character actors go, like he's pretty much on everything like i'm pretty sure um and so i can't see them just using him for really part of one episode i feel like he's got to be in here more oh yeah yeah i just i just don't know if he's like a new series regular or if he's the big villain we've been saving for the two-part finale or maybe we haven't met hannah's son yet and it's not gideon ridge and hannah's son somehow becomes the new magic like through like he could be working for the dod in some other capacity and they just sent him over yeah, so like at the, yeah, at the, yeah, Gideon Ridge comes in to be the new magic somehow. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the next two episodes, um, Hannah's actual son, like, you know, yeah. like sacrifices Gideon Ridge to time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Hannah's son is now the new magic. Someone needs to sa- be sacrificed to time. <laughs> Listen, you don't say a line as super stupid as time travel requires sacrifice without seeing somebody sacrificed to time travel by the end of the season. <laughs> We've got a Chekhov's time travel situation going on. Absolutely. Well, that was... <laughs> and the only person who really knows is Madam Webb because her web connects us all in theaters now. <laughs> While my character in the movie may be able to see the future, I also can. And I know what the future brings. I know that when you see Madam Webb, you're going to love it. In fact, I think you're going to see it twice. <laughs> Dumbest movie of the year. Oh my god. Um, Alright, well that was the episode. Best dressed, worst dressed. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm just going to honorably mention design, <laughs> uh, designing women at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Honorable mention indeed. Um... I think as far as, like, 80s looks are concerned, especially, I really like the outfit they put Connie in at the beginning. I thought it was uh-huh. well put together. It wasn't crazy over the top. Because, like, I mean, look, 80s outfits absolutely were, you know, over the top looks. Mm-hmm. But for an everyday look, most people didn't have shoulder pads in everything that they wore. And, like, I felt like they went ahead and played into, like, this is just a normal look because she's not a big-time journalist at this point anymore, yeah. and she probably just can't afford the shoulder pads at this point. Poor, poor Connie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or that lady in the blue took them all <laughs> for herself. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm saying best dress Connie's first outfit. I'll, I'll accept that. Worst dress. Oh. I, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. What's Robbie wearing in that commercial? Oh, let me get back there. I know Chet's wearing something kooky. Yeah. I just, ah, I just scanned by and I was, something caught my eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Robbie is wearing this, like, checkered, like, suit that is, like, real used car salesman yeah. guy. It's very upsetting. Um, And that fucking curly hair is gross. <laughs> don't like that yeah that that suit uh, is so terrible yeah let's go go ahead and say robbie for worst dress sure all right who won and who lost 
Magic lost. Magic lost. Magic lost. I'll say, sure, sure. By the way, I'm just getting a message right now from Chris that he is, uh, he's apologizing for failing to send feedback. <laughs> he could just send it right now. Like, right this very moment. Um, I would say who won? Um, I, I would love to give it to Connie because, you know, she got her shit back on track and she hit, helped take down Herbicore. She herbicared enough to take down Herbicore. <laughs> Yeah, she she herbicared to to make it happen. And she was like the only sane person in this episode <laughs> who just talked like yeah. a regular human. Her her competence <laughs> at uh, being able to speak like a human, I mean, is really the web that connects us exactly. all. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um all right, Brad, do you want to tell me what's happening on I guess the next two episodes? Uh well, I'm only going to read about the next one cuz okay. I feel like otherwise I can get into danger. Um uh, <laughs> In the danger zone. I don't want to spoil any. All right. So next episode, as the world burns. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good title. Ben, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Ben leaps into the body of a Baltimore firefighter in 1974. I already I'm, I'm concerned. Are we gonna have an actual date, or is it just gonna say uh, 1974? Um. Oh, but isn't that the year that actually has a good movie or something? I can't remember. Um. Ben leaps into the body of a Baltimore firefighter in 1974 and is unexpectedly reunited with his time-crossed love Hannah and her son. Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Trapped in a towering inferno, Ben must find a way to repair their troubled relationship and save their lives before it's too late. Fascinating. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. Wow. It's gonna be drama. It's gonna be drama. I'm very, I'm very much excited. And also, I'm just excited for the Hannah storyline to keep on going, because... Yeah, absolutely. I miss Hannah, so... Yeah. Get out of the way, Addison. I don't care if you burnt your relationship to the ground. <laughs> I mean, uh, Addison, uh, I, you know, if I wasn't here, I'd be a reporter. A liar! You're a fucking liar! <laughs> what if all these leaps, though, somehow just changed Addison's life course just a little bit? Where she actually that would be amazing. went to journalism, like, took some journalism classes or something. I don't know. <laughs> Like, Ben's like, wait, I never knew that. What do you mean? That's what I was doing before I started working for Quantum Leap. No, you weren't. You were in the military, like, training murderers. What? I would never join the military. I hate the military. I love helping people through Don't you remember journalism. my father was a peace activist? <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, breaking news. Uh, we got some feedback. Yay! <laughs> so uh, let's play this now. Hopefully it doesn't cut off, like, 30 seconds in, like some other people. <laughs> Rachel, you're going to be on the feedback. Say something and prove you exist. Feedback! <laughs> Thank you. Um, fucking hell, what even was the last episode of Quantum Leap? What happened in it? Gib- 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 Gibson Ridge. Gideon Ridge. 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 No, Ridge with a Y. <laughs> um, he was in it, and it was... Hannah wasn't in it. Oh, it was the... Uh, it was the Me- No, it wasn't the Mexican business. That was the week before. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, you think I would I watch this show. What I will say is that... Um, getting pulled in. Yeah, the, 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 it was obvious magic, that magic, magic was going to go because yeah. uh, much as I love any Hudson, the character doesn't do anything yep. in, at Quantum Leap. He's just there as a figurehead and occasionally, uh, well, in the past, used to get drunk at work 
and then got himself cleaned up. Um, as for what happened on the leap, completely baffled, left my mind completely. This is the best feedback ever. <laughs> Tell you what I want to say is that you've often talked about uh, not wanting to watch Top Gun Maverick just to see Raymond Lee. And I would say that's fine because although he's in it, he barely does anything. Uh, he's, he's, it's not the reason to watch Top Gun Maverick if you're like, I'd love to watch Raymond Lee in more stuff. Um, do watch Kevin can go fuck himself for Raymond Lee. That's a much yes. better Raymond yes. Lee viewing opportunity. Agreed. Have you remembered what happened in the episode, Rachel? No. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Nice. Nice. And uh, update to the update, uh, I just got a, he just says, um, oh yeah, it was the outsider. I just remember. <laughs> nice. Uh, should have mentioned the guy who was a cross between Russ Tamlin and Dennis Farina. <laughs> Russ Tamlin, Chris Farina. Was that Robbie, I guess? I guess so. Um, that's, uh, that's wannabe Adrian, uh, Pazdar. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and just so we kind of put things in some timeline perspective, so off the cuff where we had met Josh was in 1970, I think, when was he gonna die? Within the year, right? From that episode, originally? Yeah. So that would be 1971. Ben gave him an extra year before he was in the car accident, so that would be around 1972-ish, possibly 1973. I don't know. But somewhere in there, and next episode takes place in 1974. So this is going to be, like, pretty soon after she lost Josh. Yeah. So just, I had to go look that up because I was like, when did she? Because it had to be around here at that, that time. So... Um, I can't wait to see what they're doing with that episode because, you know, it's pretty important that we've got Jeffrey in that episode and that he would have just lost his dad. So Yeah, he just lost his dad, like teen drama too. Yep. Yeah, because he was, I can't remember how old he was supposed to be in 1970. He was a little one, but probably I'm going to guess they're going to make him 12-ish. And 74, 12, 13, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and if not, eh, we'll find out. I could out. really turn you into an evil uh, Chipko guy. It could turn you into an evil Chipko guy, or you'll find out that Ben actually gave you an extra year with your dad and you'll love Quantum Leap, whichever. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> or we won't. <laughs> or the show could just decide we're not going to do anything with this kid. <laughs> What man, that would be the boldest decision. Okay, I will look. We continue to think Addison was the big bad of season one. I stand by it. <laughs> Just because the writers I think been proven don't right. agree with us. <laughs> yeah, but the writers are wrong all the time. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just concerned they're going to be wrong about Jeffrey. That's all. That's all. Um, this is why we're never going to get our names in the credits <laughs> when we die. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. All right, guys. Well, that is it. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Her web connects us all. Uh, I'm going to record this bit as well because it's better than writing it. Um, I always find it funny when Claire is not on the podcast and you listen through the whole thing. And she's not on it, and not on it, and then right at the end she goes, "Thanks for listening!" Really loudly. It's very funny. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via mail at cowfashioncast.com. Send us all your feedback. You can find us on Twitter at cowfashioncast, and you can find us on Facebook under Calabici Fashioncast. 
You can find me on the Ramjack Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at B-R-A-D-C-U-P-P-L-E-S. You can find me on the Defenders Podcast and Twitter and Etsy at MayaFire. You can also find me on the Defenders Podcast and find me on Twitter at Tammy Yip and Instagram at Tammy Yipster.